I'm going to have to tell you, ladies, you got to kind of pick up your game. We're up by a lot. What is that? Three to one? Three to one. Uh-oh. Don't let him claw, crawl claw on back, boys. Don't let him claw back. All right. We have a chili cook-off, and the winner is in the house today. Sister Mary Jo, we have a small gift for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> the best chili around heritage. Awesome. That is awesome. We are continuing our hour of prayer Monday and Friday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We had a good season of prayer Monday. It was great in here. It felt great. Sunday school at 10.30 and evangelistic service at 11.15 this Sunday. The 18th is an all-staff meeting at 4 p.m. We need everybody here, all staff and all the people that are wanting to be a help involved. Please at 4 p.m. Everybody take a deep breath. October's around the corner. What is October? Peanut brittle. Okay. So peanut brittle, we need a we're gonna have a meeting after church tonight up here by the drums. Meet sister sister Casey over by the platform over here after service today for all volunteers who are willing to volunteer. And then the twenty fourth, we have the white elephant auction. We still need items to wrap for the auction and we also need there is a sign up sheet by the nursery um, for uh, the food court from I, I believe it's from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and then we'll do the help wide elephant auction after that now take a deep breath if I can get a couple ushers up here that'd be great hallelujah hallelujah I'm excited we got a lot of things going on in the church a lot of good things going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Gabe, we bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen. If you ushers will start walking down the aisles and collecting the offering. Thank you. And praise and worship with our worship team. Thank you.
Praise God. Praise God. Can we just take a few moments tonight? Come on, would you lift your hands all over this place? Come on, let's take a few moments tonight. Come on, in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's what I long for, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your presence, Jesus. God, not just words of a song, God, from our hearts tonight, Jesus. Your presence, Lord, is what I long for. Amen, 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 amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I long for it. I need it. Come on, I need it. We need it. We sure do. Praise God. We sure, sure need it. Thank you. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. Well, some of us men are going to go to the men's conference, men's conference uh, Friday night. So, ladies, look out. Those that are going, look out. We're going to come back more manly. Ministry. It's called ministry. Men's ministry. We're going to come back more manly. More menly. Menly. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, Sister Mary Jo. Uh, no, wait, 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 wait. Now we expect some of that good chili on, on uh, uh, you know, white elephant auction, white elephant sale, that four to six, good old chili, some, I believe, uh, tater soup. Uh, what else do we usually have? Potato soup? Huh? Vegetable soup, chili, there's all kinds of stuff there. So, amen. That's between four and six. So everybody's got to eat, whether you... Whether you want to auction or not, come on out and uh, invite somebody out. It's always a fun time. Uh, it's the only time of the year I get a lie. Because I get to say everything in the, in the it wrapped up, everything's good. Everything's valuable. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, huh? Yes. Kids Quest, Kids Quest, you are dismissed. Kids Quest. And uh, thank you for reminding me. Because I'm trying to stand up here and remember what I'm forgetting. But uh, anyway, great time, great time, great time. Looking forward. If you got any extra stuff laying around the house, bring it in so I can wrap it up with the gift certificates, the certificates and stuff. That we've got some good stuff, by the way. Every year, man, the Lord just blesses us. I mean, we got uh, all the zoos from Cincinnati to Fort Wayne and uh, sent us free passes, family passes. And we've got, I think, I think we got two tickets this year and parking for the Cincinnati Reds game, I think for some time. So uh, just some big, that's some higher, more higher end stuff. We got uh, a lot of gift certificates from the local restaurants here uh, that we wrap up. And so we're excited about that. Are you with me to hurry? I did. I said Matthew 24 and 6. I'm not going there, but you're trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. Did I say Matthew 24 and 6? I think that voice in your head is starting to play. Mess with it. Man. All right, let's go to Matthew 24. No. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Well, you stand here and make me feel like i got to hurry up my announcements. And... Okay. 
Well, let's talk about Matthew 24. The Lord talked about the, the, the was it wars and rumors of wars. And, amen. It's out there. It's out there. Amen. <laughs> Only in our church. Don't happen anywhere else, does it? It sure does. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <laughs> We're going to read 13 verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Verse 3, for you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, Divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? It's a good question. Verse 4, for while one saith, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, who's Apollos, but ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? Verse 6, I've planted, Paulus watered, but God, it's God that gives the increase. So then neither is he that is planted anything, neither he that watereth, but God, it's God. The Apostle Paul's kind of bringing them back to earth, if you will, to let them know, hey, listen. So he says, it's God that gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Look at your neighbor and say, my own. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which have given unto me a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall, somebody say shall, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. I'm going to stop right there, and I want to pick up here verse number 10. If you put verse number 10 back up there, because I've been talking about uh, growth uh, the last couple of weeks, especially uh, uh, there's a natural growth, there's a, there's a, a growth uh, that we should uh, be considering and, and, and thinking about. We talked about last week about self-growth, uh, gr- self growth. And so tonight I want to talk about spiritual growth. Look at your neighbor and say spiritual growth. And I want to talk about growing spiritually, and there's some precautions uh, about growing spiritually. But look at verse 10. He says, but let every person, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Spiritual growth. Somebody shout it. Spiritual growth. We've talked a lot about growing, and we've talked a lot about developing ourselves and 
develop it, even about things of, uh, concerning creation and nature. But I, I, want to, I want you to see, I think it's very obvious, I think it's very clear, it is God's plan. It is God's plan that the kingdom of God, the church of God, every individual of God should grow spiritually. Can I get a big amen? It's, it's, it's very clear. God wants everyone to grow spiritually. He wants his kingdom to grow. He, he, he don't want the gates of hell to prevail. He wants his kingdom to grow. The church of God, amen. As we come together as a body of believers, he wants us to grow. Every individual's got to grow, and we should grow spiritually. Now, I want to talk about some things tonight, and I'll, I'll talk about some of the things that we normally talk about when you talk about spiritual growth. We'll definitely get to those things. But also I want to talk about uh, we've got to purpose ourselves to grow spiritually. And, and I want to say this because look around. There's a lot of emptiness here. Some have lost their desire to grow. It could be in, they could be in prayer meeting. They could be in, in Bible study. They could be, be in church. But things and cares in life and things happen to where sometimes we just, you know what? Oh, I've heard it. And we talk about spiritual growth. There's some things that, that some of us has been in church for a while. When we hear maybe that might be the topic, you know, we, we, we say, well, you know, I've, I already know all about that. Well, we really don't. I don't believe I do. I mean, I've, I've taught for years about certain things, and, and I still find myself learning and growing in the Lord, in the Word of God, spiritually, uh, because it's, it's never-ending. Uh, the, the Scripture does warn us and, and let us know that there are some ever learning but never able to come to the truth. And uh, isn't that some of the world today, it seems like? Seems like we're living in a modern time, and we're, we're, I mean, I used some stats last week. We're so so smart, so educated. We got so much going on, man. We can go out into the nebula. I mean, we we we're just out there. We got all these modern conveniences, but yet still, when it comes to God, the enemy likes to try to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God tries to build. Amen. And so, building means growing, means growing spiritually. Now, again, as the Apostle Paul points out here in chapter 3, I think awareness of the things that hinder spiritual growth is what he's actually talking about. Because when you look at chapter 3 and actually look at how he uh, dealt with those in Corinth, uh, you see that he's uh, uh, very much aware of their lack of growth and growth, things that they have learned and things that they need to learn. His awareness of the things that they you know, they've allowed to hinder them in their spiritual growth. And he puts it in a better position to overcome obstacles. He, he, he's, he's The reason why he's letting us know and the reason why we have the Word of God sometimes, amen, to, to help us is to help put us in a better place or a better position to where we can, uh, amen, uh, see the, and fulfill uh, God's plan. God has a plan. Listen to me. God has a plan. Whether you're in it or not, God has a plan. Whether you care or not, God has a plan. Whether you understand what's going on in the world, and most of us, we really don't know everything that's going on because there's been things going on in the world uh, that's led up to where we're at now, and we weren't aware. There's plans now going on in the world about what we are talking about in time stuff. The last day stuff. 
It's happening, but it doesn't change. God wants us not to just, you know, get all worked up about what's around us. And I'll tell you what the Lord gave me today. The Lord gave me today, it's not the battle. It's not the battle that we should concentrate on because we, we think about the battle. Because what does the battle, what, when you're going through something, what does it really mean? It's the future. It's not the battle now that you're in. Listen, that's what you're fighting against or fighting for. What it is, it's your future. What God has in store for you down the road. Talk about that here just a little bit. Because spiritual growth is God's plan. He's building a church. He's building a church that will not be defeated. I don't come to church because of you. I don't come to church because I have to teach. I don't come to church because of people. I don't decide whether I'm coming tonight, whether somebody is or isn't coming. That, that's not serving God. That's not spiritual growth. That's immaturity. Because as a child, as a little kid, your mom and dad, you have to depend on somebody else to carry you somewhere. Amen. We make our own decision about where we go and what we do in the Lord. You see, the devil likes to convince us and try to make us think that he has some controls of our life because of things that's happening, but he doesn't. If you've got a made-up mind, come on, you're fixed on God. It doesn't matter. The gates of hell shall not prevail. It may, come on, it may feel hot. You may feel the extremities. But that's not what detours us. That's not what keeps us. We should have a love for God's Word. Come on, we should have a love for the things of God. We should have a love for the church. We should have a love for the kingdom. We should have a love for each other. Come on, all this stuff we tell each other, we love, love each other one week, and the next week we don't even know if we do. Come on, it's the truth. We're liars if we say, oh, no, it's not. It is like that because our actions speak more than our words. This is what the Apostle Paul is trying to teach and trying to tell these at Corinth. Because he said, I want you to know it's God's plan to grow spiritually. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of Him. Well, that's Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, or verse 18, put it up. It's what we should be doing. But grow ye in grace and in what? Listen, I want, I want to say this because some people, and I've had several conversations lately with people. There are people that's lived on this planet, believe it or not, with all the social media, and I think I said something about this last week, that has never heard the gospel, the truth preached, and go to church. I know I was telling somebody, Brother Carl and I got to go over here on uh, by Hagerstown to a church there when they lost their pastor, and, and they, they asked uh, Brother Matt to uh, try to oversee some things there. So we all was going in there and was teaching. And Brother Carl got up. You know Brother Carl. He got up and taught about the oneness of God, and about the Holy Ghost, uh, and about the Godhead. And an 80-some-year-old lady come up from that church, come up after services. I've never in my life heard that. Wow. You see, we, we take for granted... Sometimes, uh, at least I feel like I do sometimes, what, what you, the knowledge you have and what you know, what God has given. But it didn't come easy. It come from studying. It come from the school of 
hard knocks. It comes from trying the spirit. Come on, there's some things that you know in your spirit, it just don't sound or feel right, but you may not be able to pinpoint it. And I've, I've learned, I don't know about you, but I've learned in my life, when I feel that, I've got to learn to trust the Holy Ghost. Because what he's saying, in other words, the Apostle Paul here, what he's saying is, he says, listen, be continually increasing in grace. Because, remember last week, actively add. Remember 2 Peter 1, last week we talked about add what? Add virtue, add knowledge, add these things. In other words, you have to add them. That's, that's part of growing spiritually. That's part of growing. You've got to add some things to your life. If you're, still, if you're still serving God like you did last year, something's wrong with you in your growth. Still dress like the world? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Still talk like the world? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you still, still, still tell them nasty jokes or them jokes that slant a little bit? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost should be guiding you in some direction. And if nothing else, the Holy Ghost should be guiding you to help somebody else. Be an example. You've heard me say before some of the things I, I when I was growing up, uh, some of the things I didn't do, I mean, now I do. I used to think wearing a T-shirt was the stupidest thing a man could do. So I started preaching and sweating. Then I realized, wait, 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 wait a minute. Now I wouldn't go without one. Not, not, listen, it's not to please somebody. Some preacher didn't tell me I had to do that. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost teaching, teaching to be modest. To watch how you present yourself. Matter of fact, what happened to the old adage, listen, amen, that we should try and strive not to be blameless. To be blameless. That's growth. We should be thinking, whether we're in church or not, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you should be thinking about pleasing God every day. Because people are watching and they see the hypocrite. They see the hypocritical act. We go to church or we go somewhere and we act one way. Amen. And then we act another way somewhere else. Especially on the job. <clears throat> oh, I used to love it at the prison. Because I, you know, I got well known and about being a preacher. and <clears throat> I got to know who, what they call in the, in the prison, Bible thumpers. Some guys are men are smart, sharp, but they couldn't tell you the plan of salvation to save them. Couldn't tell you how to live for God to save them. I'm, I'm serious. I, I've said this to all, all kind of ministries in, in, in the church. I've learned this as a pastor. You can have somebody come in, or you can go to a conference, or you can go to a camp, or you can go somewhere, and you can hear preachers, man, I mean, these young guys, some of these young guys, man, preach. They've been called to preach, and they preach. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. The anointing's there, and they preach. I mean, some, some stuff. They, wow, where'd they get that from? Amazing. And then when you talk to them privately, they're about as shallow as, as two inches of water. In other things, scripturally. I've met great men, great preachers uh, that when they preach conference or can't, and you go to their church and they're lucky to have 30 people. You think, my God, I thought he'd have a big church. 
Come on. It's the truth. There's things that we've got to learn. We've got to actively add. Amen. Like I mentioned last week. Uh, amen. In last week's lesson, he said, Knowledge. What is knowledge? Forward learning. I know more. Hey, I know more now than I did when I first started preaching. Sister Rose, I hope can verify this. She's been around. She's antique. When I first started pastoring in Rorton, I thought I was tearing up Jack and whipping up. I mean, I thought I was beating to death. I mean, I thought I was. I look back and think, my Lord. People stayed through that. Because it's forward learning. What is it for? He said, listen, we've got to learn. We've got to go forward. Put up that verse again. Because we've got to learn. We've got to add these things to us. There's grace. There's knowledge that we've got to continually bring forth and add. Why? Because it's forward learning. Why? It's to counteract. What was it for? Because what he was talking about in Hebrews, he was telling them when he said to use the term milk and meat, he was talking to them about Melchizedek, something very deep. And then he says, listen, he said, listen, some of you is not able to handle it because it's a little bit too deep for you. And when you, and when you, and when you put all of it together, what the Apostle Paul is trying to let them know, he's trying to warn them about, he's trying to let them know that you've got to be prepared for false teaching. Because there's all kinds of swelled-lipped preachers out there that can speak very smooth. Oh, come on. I'm talking about some of y'all listening to some of that junk. And I'm talking junk because it's false teaching. Some of these guys on it. Listen, I have no use for televangelism, period. I don't. Because I believe televangelism tears down the community. And I think the community is more important. This, every, everybody has their purpose. Let me tell you something. But when you send your money there but, and, and you're in need here, who's supposed to help? While we're on that subject, listen, if you're a member of this church and, and we have the means to do it, we'll try to help you if you're supporting. But you got people who think this is the bank. You got, you got people who think this is the welfare, welfare center because it's a church and because we're supposed to show love. Well, if you love God and you love enough, guess what? Come and bring into the storehouse so that there'll be some. But see, when they don't come and, and don't get taught, there's nothing else to expect. Think about that. Because there's all kinds of false teaching out there, all kinds of things. Now listen, I, I want to pinpoint three things. Three things that prohibit spiritual growth. It's probably going to be different than what you think. And what, the, what I read to you here tonight, what the Apostle Paul said. One is the inability to comprehend spiritual truths. Let me say that again. The inability to comprehend spiritual truths. Fleshly dispositions. Boy, ain't that rampant. Number three, prejudicial procedures, preferences. I'm going to talk about each one of those for just a little bit tonight, just a little bit different direction because I want to point these out. And here's the area I want to point out first, the inability 
to understand spiritual truth. I know people. You probably know people that know the Bible. But don't know the truth. I've never in my life seen so many people bound by Father, Son, and Holy Ghost tradition. Hello? That's a man-made doctrine. Hello? Man-made doctrine. Never in the Scripture is the Father, Son, Holy Ghost is to be used, especially in the mode of baptism. Never. Never was. I just told somebody today, throw your Bible away, look at every encyclopedia. All through history, it's always been in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or in Jesus Christ. It wasn't until 325, amen, that the Council of Nicaea, what happened? The Catholic Church had its power, amen, they indoctrinated Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as the method of baptism and inferred baptizing infants. Baptism is for the remission of sin. An infant can't. That's what they did. And you got all, listen to me, you got all these, listen to me, all these daughter works. I don't care whether you call yourself Catholic or not. Baptist, Methodist that adopt that same Father, Son, Holy Ghost is nothing more than a branch or a daughter work from the Catholic faith, period. Do your history. Study, you'll find out. And I'm not saying that to be mean spirit. I'm saying it because it's not in the Word of God. That's, that's, to grow spiritually means we've got to stay in the Word of God. I've got a lot of opinions about some things. I've got a lot of ideals about how some things happen. I don't mind the Big Bang Theory. I believe when God spoke, boom. I don't have a problem with that. Some might. But look, first, spiritual immaturity is a hindrance. Look at your neighbor and say, it hinders. Look, why is spiritual immaturity? Listen, if you're not growing, guess what happens? It's not just about you. Spiritual immaturity is both for the believer and to those who could be influenced by them. Now watch, let me just step back. I'll prove it. I'll pr- ask yourself, when's the last time you gave somebody a Bible study? Holy Ghost. I'm talking about Holy Ghost people. I'm talking about new people. When's the last time you led somebody to the Lord? Hello? When's the last time you even cared? That's, that's my version. Because if you're not growing and maturing in the Word of God spiritually, guess what? You're not going to be able to influence anybody else. And I hear people, Christians that's been around for a long time, say, well, I just don't understand some things and I don't know how to put it all together. That's an excuse. Because the Holy Ghost in you ought to be able to rear up and ought to bring back to your members some things. That's what he told them. Go and preach. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your money. Let the Holy Ghost, let the Spirit in you speak. Let it be used. Usually it's fear, anxiety, and ignorance. That is just, just be honest, that's what keeps us from moving forward in our growth because it hinders 
who that you might be able to witness to. Look, look here. Apostle Paul was concerned that the, the church at Corinth was still immature. Look what he said. He said they're unable to receive solid food. They were still on milk, still living on the elementary, on the elementary, the basics of truth. Come on, we all know, amen, Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 ain't all it. Acts 2.38 is just a sign that you believe. That's just like you telling somebody, raise your hands, confess Christ. That's just the first step. If they believe in Christ, that's just the first step. It don't save you. You're not heaven bound. That's just the first step. Because the Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord except how? By the Holy Ghost. Oh, you can say it, but you got to know it. How do you know it? It's the Spirit, same Spirit that dwells in us that helps us to know who He is. He says, listen, he said, I, 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 I'm concerned because you're still on milk, you're still on the elementary, and not on meat. The deeper truths of the Word. That's what the meat is, the deeper truths of the Word. But notice, he's, and I want to make sure we do this, he identifies the problem. Now, this ain't going to make me popular, but this is what Paul said. I just read it. He said, it's being carnal and not spiritual. Put up verse 3. He said, but you're carnal. Well, you can't judge me like that. That's the Word of God. That's the man of God who wrote most of your New Testament. For you are what? Yet carnal. I wonder how many of them Corinthians quit church that day. I'm taking my tithes and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm taking my two goats and going home. Trying to catch up with the day. Look what he says. He says, for you're yet carnal. For here, here, here's how he identifies it. For he says, there's among you envy, strife, and divisions. He said, are you not carnal and walk in your flesh? Because that's what people in their flesh do that's immature. They're not spiritual. Listen, now you think, oh, the preacher's picking on. I ain't picking on nobody. We've all been there. We've, I mean, we've all probably been guilty of envying something. We've... I, Trust me, probably half the people in this city at some point that's left this church especially will say, ah, Brother Purdue, he likes to to strife with with people. He likes to argue. He likes to confront, have confrontation. He likes to be contentious. 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 This is like I told Sister Tiffany, hey, listen, some will love you and some won't. Some will believe, some will follow, some will listen. And what you've got to do is you've got to know yourself. I know in whom I serve. Come on, do you know Do you know whom, in whom you serve? I know what I was last year. I know where I am, I'm at now. Come on. In the battle that you, you face now, in things, ain't about now. It ain't about the battle. It ain't about what weapon you decide that you're going to use. It's about your future. It's about you standing up and letting the devil know that I'm just resisting. I may not know what weapon to choose. 
Heck, I may have to ask the Lord to forgive me, can't you? I told your husband I was going to shoot him tonight. Did I? I did. I said, I'll shoot you. I ain't going to fight you. I ain't going to try to stab you. I'm going to shoot you. Too big. No. Look at it. He says, for your yet carnal. What does yet mean? What does yet mean? Even still. Still. You haven't grown. Listen. The Apostle Paul wasn't indicting people and wasn't being mean and wasn't just, you know, you know, being a pulpit bully. He was saying, listen, you're yet carnal because you're still like you was. You haven't grown. You, you've just stuck in the basics of salvation. In other words, the condition that they were in was inexcusable. He said, listen, that's not it. That's not growing. You've got to become mature. Because they had, you know what? You know, I mean, the problem is, he's telling him, he said, listen. Now, you know, last week I was talking about new people and everybody don't grow the same. You got to give some. True. But the other side of that coin is, some of y'all have been around a long time. That's what he's telling him. Hey, listen, some of y'all have been, been long enough now. You should, be, you should have done growed out of that diaper. You should be off the bottle, off the milk. Come on, you should be able to digest something easier. You know, that milk you digest easier, you should be able to take a little bit of table food, some meat. Oh, when the preacher says something at me. When it ain't milk, when I can't digest it, when I can't take it, that's it. Come on, that's what he's talking about. The devil comes at you. He's, listen, it doesn't matter how the devil comes at you. If he comes at you, all he's trying to do is get you out, period. Get you upset, period. He wants to destroy you, period. Don't make no difference why or how. Who gets the blame? That's his business. Apostle Paul is telling him, said, listen, you've been delivered long enough to have, you know, to be grown up now. And he said, listen, look at the causes. Envying, strife, divisions. He's telling them, listen, them carnal Christians... They're hardly, you're, you're hardly distinguishable from those that, you know, natural and those that are unsaved. He said, listen, it's, you, you should be grown up enough now. I should be able to tell the difference between you and the world. Hello? Let alone your influence. If people like you, if people are drawn to you, that ought to make you even more aware to be careful. By virtue of office. He's telling them, listen, carnal Christians are, are just hardly distinguishable from the natural or the unsaved people. Now, second thing he second thing he addressed, the fleshly, the worldly dispositions. The fleshly dispositions. He 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 addressed those. These are what the Apostle Paul points out. Listen, this is, this, is, this is what's keeping you from growing. Envy. What's envy? First thing I want to say what envy is, it's the opposite of love. You love somebody, guess what? Brother Rick, I'm happy for you. I'm happy your house didn't catch on fire from that electrical thing. 
I wasn't one of those sitting there thinking, man, I hope that falls right down on his roof. No, I mean, listen, it's the opposite. Envy is the opposite of love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. I want to make sure I get some of the scripture in here to show you how Paul addresses this all the way through. He lets him know, 13, 4. He lets him know because he says, envy, you've got to deal with it. You've got to grow out of it. Charity. What is charity? Love. Suffers long. Is kind. Charity what? Envieth not. He said, listen, you got some problems, and envy's one of them. Love means you don't have it. Listen, I, I want to say this. I don't care how big the man's church is. I don't care how much other somebody else has got something going on. I don't care what kind of cathedral somebody else builds. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not mad at them. Amen. I don't envy what they do. I just know what the Lord's called me to do. You've got to get comfortable in your skin knowing what God's called you to do. You may not be the greatest teacher. You may not be an evangelist. You may not be a missionary. You, may, you just may be a little, a little local honeybee buzzing around the little flowers around here in the garden to win somebody, to witness to somebody. Now, let me say this while I'm on that point. It don't make no difference whether you win. Oh, well, let me, I don't want to say it that way. It does make a difference. But it, it doesn't really put a feather in your cap whether you win somebody or not. Let me say it that way. You see what I mean? I'm saying because God may have you witness to somebody just so at some point at the end of the world, he's going to look them in the eye and say, I did warn you. I did send a servant to you, and you rejected it. Because my Bible tells me everyone's going to have an opportunity before they pass, before they die. Everybody's going to have an opportunity before the Lord comes back to accept or deny We are His written epistles. You realize that? Some of you need to get this. Young people, get this. What some may own, they may never see this Bible. They may never come to a church door. And you are the written epistle. They, all that Christ will ever see or hear about is from you. We have to be mature enough to be able to let somebody know about this gospel, about this good news. Now, think about that term. How many has ever called this the good news? The Word of God. If it's such good news, where are you at? Empty seats. Where are you at? Heart in the world. Anything and everything comes first. Come on. It's the truth. We talk, we talk, and we talk. And I'm just as bad as anybody. I, I, you get me talking. But we talk. And Paul says, listen, he, he was very straightforward with him. He said, carnality has, has, has kept you from stunning your growth. What is it? And he, and he went on to explain it. It's envying. It's strife. Envy, the opposite. It, it, it's opposite of love. It's what, because if you love right, guess what? You won't envy. You won't have that spirit. Now, let me go to strife real quick. Because the apostle was addressing, addressing strife. What's strife? What is strife? Contention. Being contentious. Some were causing. 
Why were, how, were they, how were they causing contention? Watch this. This is going to be a good one. It's going to mess some of you up. Because people were being, men were being lifted up, elevated. Hey, I'm with Paul over here. Hey, I'm with Apollos over here. Hey, I'm with Cephas over here. Hey, yeah, that's my guy. That's my prayer. I like him. I'm going to follow him. He, he's me. And some even, some even went so far as says, listen, I don't listen to man. I only listen to Christ. Boy, ain't that rampant in the church world today. Hello, boy, got quiet. Let you know, boy, you throw a rock at a pack of dogs. Who's going to start barking first? Oh, what happens? That's what he was, look, read it. That's what he was addressing. Some said they, that, that they only followed Christ without identifying any other uh, leader. Some said, hey, listen, it's about Paul. Some said it was about Paulus. That's why he had to address it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Look at it. He had to tell them, listen, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Listen, I'm sick and tired of people kind of beating on the church, making the church look bad, but yet again saying that they're making the church look good. Anytime you degrade something, amen, that God has done or somebody else has done in their flesh and you drag it into the church and you post it, you make the church look bad. Well, I got hurt. I've been hurt. You've been hurt. And you'll get hurt again. By the name that you speak the same thing, that there be no divisions. You don't know what I know. You ain't like me. I've got it together. All down here. Because I have to teach you. Ain't that silly? That's what Paul was addressing. Look what he says. No division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Next verse. And in the same... Are you reading it? For it hath not been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that you were content, that they were contentious among you. Well, we get together here. I, I'm about Paul. I'm about Apollos. I'm about this. I'm about that. No, listen. You got to be about about winning souls. You got to be about teaching the right thing. Listen, tell, telling somebody half a truth is telling them what? Half not truth. What good is that? Because we think that we're helping their feelings. That's why Paul said, listen, I, I don't need you to kind of re, 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 regroup everything. He said, listen, what, what you've been taught, what's been given to you ought to be sufficient. It ought to help you. Listen, what, what sparks growth? See, I'm, I'm losing some of you already because you've got an attitude about what you think or feel things should be. That's not the same mind, and that's not the same judgment. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul was dealing with, and it was in the church. It wasn't in the world. It was in the church. He's talking to those in Corinth. We can never go forward, and we can never move forward until we start getting the same mind and get on the same page. I don't care what position, I don't care what title, I don't care what event. 
it comes down to being a witness and being able to grow and being able to mature. Because if there's strife, if there's feelings there, guess what? It's going to come out. It's going to show. I could say some things right now. It would set some people really in orbit. I like what I feel. I do. I don't like the way the world's going. I don't like a lot of things, but I like the spirit I feel in the Holy Ghost. I like to see when people really, really grasp the horns of the altar and start seeking God and start talking to God. And if it takes something to happen to make to shake their foundation and to cause it to happen, so be it. I'm, I think it's a great thing because it's not the battle. It's the future. It's not what's going on. What do you think? We talk about David all the time. What do you think? You think David cared about the giant? You think David, he, what do you say? Is there not a cause? We say that all the time. Is there not a cause? It wasn't about, just about defeating a giant then. It was about the future of Israel. It's about the things of God. Come on. Our church ought to be about the things of God. Our mind ought to be about the church and about the things of God. Amen. Having Bible study is not me doing something, amen, for the church. It's you doing it for the Lord. And you're wearing me out tonight. Okay, last one quickly. Prejudice preferences. What does prejudicial mean? It means harmful, detrimental. Harmful and detrimental preferences. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25 through 29. Real quick, I've only got just a few minutes. Look at this. Because preferences, what is it? Ideas of what should be. You see, I got an idea of what things should be. You got an idea of what things should be. And when we express those and we spread those, guess what? Are we on the same page? Are we in the same mind? Sometimes not. We lose it? Then not give it to you? Okay, let me let me let me flip it over here. Second Corinthians, flip with me, chapter one. Get used to this modern technology. But I didn't write that down. You sure? Okay, chapter 1, verse 25. First <laughs> Corinthians, I'm sorry, did I say second? See? First Corinthians, chapter 1, right back where we was at there, and verse 25 through 29. I'm trying to hurry because I know it's running out of time. <laughs> Again, the Apostle Paul is addressing. Look what he says. He says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. He said, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, I want you to get this, not many wise people, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world. And that, that, that gives me an attitude. Let me stop right there. Think about it. Do, do, do you realize what you just read? God didn't choose the wise. He didn't choose. Tough guy. He didn't choose the, the noble. Look at it. 
preferences. We look at somebody and we say, man, because we may never know who are good candidates for salvation. Because what we look at sometimes is far beyond what God looks at and what God sees. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are what? Despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh... Listen, sometimes we preachers say we got a bad eye. Then I, then I read Apostle Paul, and I think, man, he had a pretty tough. He had a, per, he had a pretty tough crowd. He had some pretty strong words that he had to, listen, he had to say. Come on, sometimes preaching, God wants. Why? Because to, to those of us that are, think that we're smarter, you know, we all need to hear that. But we do. We need to be reminded. You see, when I look around, you know, I'm not one of these preachers. I, I want the elite. I want the rich in my church. You know why? Because the Lord taught me a lesson when I was a paper boy. I passed papers, 103 customers I had. Proud of it. Some of you kids don't know what a newspaper is, though. Passed wood, I passed Woodlawn Drive in Newcastle. You ever know anything about Woodlawn Drive? Way up, man. I mean, that's where the doctors and Woodlawn Drive. I go through there, and all the doctors and all the Lord had a specific place I had to put their paper in. And of all the street on both sides of Woodlawn Drive, one person gave me a 10 cent tip every week. The rest, nothing. I would pass papers. On down around the corner, I and those of you know Newcastle, I Avenue and 18th Street, where all the drunkards. There's a big old apartment house, a gambling building. Next to it was a liquor store, liquor place, a, a bar. Next to it was an apartment place. I would pass paper. I would go through there, and every summer the the old lady in the apartment place would make sure I had watermelon, ice cream, something cold to drink, because she didn't have money, so she gave me stuff. I would go and I learned to collect my paper money. My, I, I, I learned to collect on Friday nights at the Brown Apartment Building because there's always gambling when I knocked on the door and get quiet and they would give me a ton of money. I mean, I never knew what kind of tip I get. Sometimes I get a $20 bill. Tip. Poor people are givers. I learned that. Now, I'm not making a blanket statement. There are some givers that have some. But I guarantee you, all of us, all of us probably has some a little bit of something in a savings account or in a bank account. And, oh, my Lord, let somebody say something about tapping into that. Especially the preacher. Listen, sometimes it's not those who we may feel that has much to offer. Listen, I don't measure a service when, when I come in and there's new faces. I don't measure, well, look at them. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. 
I hope we don't. I don't think our church is, is bad about that at all. I really don't. I think we're good at that because I think we, we're all pretty much down to earth. And we've all been through some things. We know what going without a little bit means. And when you know that, it, it changes everything. And so when you have that, I mean, you've heard me say it before. Remember the days we first got married? If you found enough money in the, in the couch digging up change, oh, my God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Almost enough for a pizza. Not today. Today you got to buy a pizza. You got you to put it on your credit card. Oh, little man, you think, man, and you celebrate it. And that's why you know how it feels. You look at the scripture, you say, man, I, I know now why, when you find it, man, you celebrate. Now let me close. Because the current church <laughs> did not, look at, your savior, look at your neighbor and say, didn't. The Corinth church did not include many who were wise. Many who were influential, or even the noble. That's God's business. And I will rebuke anybody that says, let's go after this group of people or that group of people. You will get an open rebuke. Because that's not godly. That's not mature. That's not growing. It's not. Apostle Paul had to deal with that. Instead, God chose the foolish. Did he not say that? God chose the weak. God chose the lowly. And even the despised. Somebody smiled and said, well, now I know why I'm not liked. Stand with me. What promotes, what promotes spiritual growth? Spiritual gifts. Of course they will. They'll promote spiritual growth. Variety of ministry promotes spiritual growth. True works will promote spiritual growth. Building on the correct foundation will promote spiritual growth. Word, studying the Word of God, praying, fasting, some we don't talk about very much will promote spiritual growth. Why? Because the purpose is we are God's dwelling place. We should not defile God's temple. We should not be deceived by natural wisdom. We should not glory in one another, in man. Simply, spiritual growth is acknowledging we belong. Jesus. We belong to Christ. And I hope tonight, a little different angle, a little different. Put up 1 Corinthians 3 uh, and 10 again because I want you to see, because the Apostle Paul says, listen, here's what you've got to do to change this. You've got to take heed how you build. But let every person take heed how they build thereupon. Can I just end with this? Don't take your walk with the Lord for granted. 
And don't take just because you got the Holy Ghost spoken a few tongues that that's all it is. It is not. Don't let the devil. Because how you conduct your affairs, how you, how you build upon that foundation has to do with how you're going to grow in the Lord. Would you lift your hands all over this place tonight? Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us, God, to come together. For allowing your word, God, to be, Lord, processed tonight, Lord, in our hearts and minds, God. Help us to realize, Lord, who we are and what we are, Lord. God, you've brought us in for a reason. Lord, you've delivered us for a purpose. Lord, God, and we know that purpose, Lord, is to reach those, Lord God, that can't be reached, Lord, or seemingly, Lord, like they can't be reached. Help us, God, to realize, Lord God, all that's around us, Lord, all that's around us, Lord God, are candidates, Lord, to be delivered. We ask you, Lord, for your favor, Lord. We ask you for your blessing, and we ask you for your healing, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to grow spiritually in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. Take heed how you build.